All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan. Welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm here today with Gil Farrell. Gil is the CEO and founder of Home Roots. He is a serial entrepreneur filled with creativity and a hunger to thrive in the current digital world. Gil founded Home Roots, combining his passion for furniture e-commerce, and technology to disrupt the way selling and buying furniture is done with a novel wholesale platform. So, Gil, welcome to the show. Lisa, it's a pleasure being here. So share with us a little bit about your background and what led you to doing what you're doing. Sure. So in a nutshell, I actually came from the software engineering world with specialty to web development. So I started my career as such. And one thing led to another. And one day I was leading a project that connected Toys R Us with Amazon when Toys R Us wanted to explore the dot-com or the internet, the e-commerce capabilities, but didn't want to go all in. So I led it from the Toys R Us side and I got exposed to e-commerce. And along with my passion for technology, I found the right marriage for what I want to do moving forward with my career. After my departure from Toys R Us, I kept on spending my other time in e-commerce, combining it with technology, building, and helping different brands sell online. And through the following 10 years or so, I spent a lot in the direct-to-consumer world, okay? Up to the point where I realized, okay, we're dealing with brands. And I also went back to the manufacturing side of things, and we want to do wholesale. So I realized, okay, it's 2015, 2016. Internet has now evolved a lot. We've got a lot of marketplaces. I want to sell wholesale, and where do I go? And so I realized I got nowhere to go. <laughs> it's really much the traditional one that where you go to you go to trade show, you need to exhibit. And I was looking at different verticals, different categories, and I noticed that furniture is very complicated. Very complicated because of the logistics side of things, but also the trade shows themselves are super expensive because you can't just put in a booth in some shows. You've got to rent a whole showroom, and that's very expensive. And so all those issues combined led me to want to tackle the furniture world or the furniture space first. And that's what led me eventually to home roots which is a platform and B2B selling platform that enables manufacturers literally from all over the world penetrate and expand their market share in the U.S. So what are they doing? Is it like an Amazon, but only for furniture where people can go and get all the specs that they want without having to go to a furniture showroom? Pretty much it. That's pretty much the basics of it. The way that it works is that manufacturers will upload their product specifications onto our platform. And alongside with their inventory levels and everything else, and we push those, push and promote those products to various retailers, and we make sure that those retailers are going to offer those products to the end consumer for purchase, whether that's online 
or offline in the stores. I'm sure the last couple of years, or I shouldn't say I'm sure, but it would seem to me that the last couple of years were a boom for you with everybody looking for furniture and doing it online. So tell us about your experience the last couple of years. Yeah, so it's really been a roller coaster over the past, I will say, two to three years up and down with different things, different challenges. So at first it was a challenge if we're looking back in 2019 or really pre-COVID, let's put COVID, let's put it this way, it was more about proving our case and showing to both retailers and manufacturers our capabilities and getting them to buy into the idea. 2020 came along, along with COVID, and then everybody wanted furniture. Everybody, store got closed, there was only online and manufacturers had difficulties promoting online their products. They're very good at manufacturing, producing items. But how about marketing? That's a different topic. And they needed someone to help them. And that's where we really came in. Then 2021 was everybody wants furniture, but nobody can get it. There's logistics issues. And then it's becoming, and then from the flip of from 2020 where manufacturers were trying to push inventory because a lot of their sales channels got blocked because retail stores, physical brick and mortar stores were ordered to shut down. In 2021, that flipped to the other side on the demand side where there was not enough inventory. Retailers were suddenly open, uh, whether that's with their physical stores as well. And now they wanted merchandise that everything got caused in the logistical supply chain backlog. That took a long time. So they were hungry for merchandise. We came in as a good fit because we have a huge assortment of products that we can offer retailers. So that really expanded our ability and our market share in the space. And now 2022, that's a different volume now altogether. Now you've got a recession. So now you've got retailers that are overstocked. You've got manufacturers who are still having some logistical issues. And they need some good partners on both sides that can help them navigate this landscape which is very challenging and it's not something that you see every year. <laughs> wow. That is quite the roller coaster and it's interesting because it seems on one hand the pandemic came at the right time from an education standpoint because they really had no choice but to go online. Yeah. And then when everybody was going online, now we have the supply chain to deal with followed by a recession. So it's yes, it's a perfect storm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect storm. Yeah, so, so it, it's very interesting. It's very interesting to see the dynamic between how things are getting pulled between the supply and demand. And really every year, it's just a, a different strength to either side of pulling the and influencing the market one way or the other. And I'm sure too, we have a lot of manufacturing in the United States as far as furniture, but I know you're also dealing with a lot of international manufacturers of these products. So what are you seeing as far as some of their concerns with the conditions and how are you working and advising them right now? Sure. So their major condition, their major concern is whether they should step into the market at this condition. A condition that is maybe has not officially been called a recession, but definitely a slowdown in the market, in the demand of, of potential good. And my advice to them that if there's a good time to get into a market, if that's the best time, it's actually a time where others are retreating back. 
right, that's the time that you can actually gain a market share. So my advice is actually not to be afraid to step in. Yes, there is some slowdown in the demand, but if you're in right now, customers still requires goods. They still require furniture. And they are looking to partner up with manufacturers that can supply them the goods. Now, if you're not here, recession or not, if you're not here, they're not going to remember you. And now they're going to close in the tight. They're going to they're going to tighten up their relationship with their existing suppliers. Now at the time, then you want to get rid of the loose ends. And business and relationships are the most important piece in this type of a relationship and in this type of an economy. And if you're not here, um, you're going to miss on that. So my advice. many manufacturers is to actually step into the market gain market share work with us advertise your products promote them there is audience for that people are looking for merchandise it's not the market has been saturated it's not it's just people shopping differently than what they used to shop a year ago two years ago that's it yeah well and we're so used to buying things online it's almost i mean with furniture there's always this, the point of i want to go sit on my couch uh, sit on the couch and see how it feels but it it's almost reaching the point that we need to get over that and realize that even though manufacturers believe that's what the consumers want the consumers want to be able to go on their phone look at a couch look at the mm. dimensions of it and say okay cool send it to me Yeah, so the the beauty of what we're doing in the home group is that from a manufacturer standpoint, supplier standpoint, you don't really know or care, sorry, you don't really care from where the orders will come. Now, Homeboots knows how to work with its retailers to collect the orders whether they're getting submitted through a brick and mortar store or they're submitted online or they're submitted through other forms of of marketing or sales channel that are out there that are not necessarily related to retail. There might be some other ways that like designers, stagers, builders, they still buy furniture and all those orders are getting passed on to us back to the manufacturer. This is something that we're focusing a lot and this is what we're telling the manufacturers that basically, listen, yeah, it might be that e-commerce has slowed down. Not might be, it has slowed down. We've seen that. However, customers now, we're seeing a trend that actually goes up that buying more from brick and mortar, buying more than what it was last year. So on one hand, comparing to 2021, sales have gone up with brick and mortar stores and sales has gone down with e-commerce, but still the same. It's just different buying experience now. People are looking just to go back to the way it was. Not that I'm giving up on e-commerce. <laughs> I will not give up on that, but I'm saying that this is just a trend that we're seeing. So what are some of the issues that you've seen with manufacturers, not only in the process itself, but really converting their way of thinking to go from strictly brick and mortar to looking at more e-commerce and online type of offerings? So many of them are looking for, when we first reach out to manufacturers, many of them are still looking for what's called a direct order, direct import type of, type of a business. And what we've been offering them is a way to actually eliminate the middleman, let them be the importer, let them play domestically and deal directly with the retailers and understanding the consumer better than relying on someone else like a middleman. So the, but some of the challenges that we've seen with those manufacturers has been that they don't know how to do it. 
They don't know how to export their goods overseas. Maybe they've done it for others, but they have not gone all the way with the actual import process. And then they're not sure where the merchandise is going to get stored. They're not sure how it's going to get marketed. They have a lot of concerns because they have not done it before. They are eager to do it. They want to do it. They're just lacking the experience, right? So we're guiding them through this. We're actually giving them our fulfillment centers where they, we can handle the fulfillment for them. We're guiding them through the import process. We're taking care of all the marketing. We're taking care of all the back office operations for them. And by that, we're eliminating a lot of the risks and their concerns of entering into the market. But that's what the major challenge is moving between uh, changing a little bit the mindset between, okay, I'm relying on someone else on direct import, a direct importer to drive my business, to drive myself forward to a mode of, okay, I want to play myself and I want to play directly in the market. I don't want to rely on someone else. I don't want to rely on the mar- on, on middleman. I'm taking a certain risk. Yes. But the reward is much bigger. Because it's impact financially, the margins are higher, you get more control over the sales channel, you just more in control of your own business. If you do it well with our advice and, and, and best market information that we can give you, the sky's are the limit. But just the initial open-minded that is required by some of the leaders in those manufacturing companies. When we've been talking a lot about furniture, but it also seems shift in mindset to more of that e-commerce can help manufacturers in lots of different products. So talk about that in terms of maybe different products, different industries, as far as somebody who's not in furniture may be able to relate or start to think about doing that, what you're doing with furniture. The the beauty of e-commerce is the ability to collect data faster than other forms. Okay, at least in my opinion. Okay. When you're putting out there, when you're putting products out there online, and it doesn't have to, like you said, it doesn't have to be just furniture. It can be any category. When you're putting products out there and you're trying to promote them, you're starting to get feedback from the audience, whether they're visiting the page, whether they like your offering, and then whether they actually convert. If they convert, then you know a lot about your price points, you know a lot about your content and the, the way you package the product to the consumer. But if they're visiting it and they're not buying it, then you may have problem with the pricing or just the offering is just not attractive. And you learn a lot from it. So before even you go on a massive distribution, massive manufacturing, you can test a few things online and see and gather a little bit of a feedback from the consumer, whether they're gonna, what you're going to have, to, what you're offering, whether the price point is the right price point, and also a little bit about the quality. The first couple of iterations, you get a lot of feedback, right? Whether you have returns, or whether you have a lot of customer inquiries about, okay, I'm not sure how to operate this product or this, and then you get improved. You, you get you get iterations, you go through iterations, you're improving the product, the quality of it, until you go to a point, until you get to the point where you actually have a good quality, high quality product that you feel confident that the consumer actually wants, and then you're ready to go all in, in manufacturing it and promoting in the destination market that you're looking for. But that stuff you can relatively do fast with e-commerce. With brick and mortar stores or other forms, in my humble opinion, it takes significantly longer. And you can and you're limited with the selections of offerings that you can actually sell. There's no if you want to put 
50 products out there online or 500, the effort is not, I'm not saying there's no effort, but the, the effort is not huge. It's doable. But you cannot put 500 products in a store that easily. That's right. very challenging. And it doesn't mean just furniture, forget about it. There's no way because there's a space. But but now you've got to go to other stores, 500 different SKUs in a store. It, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Well, it's fascinating from a knowledge standpoint, because, yeah, somebody walks into a furniture store and they walk right out. You don't know why they walked out. You don't know if it was the pricing, the quality of the furniture and everything. And again, we're so used to leaving our Amazon reviews and our restaurant reviews on Yelp and all of this kind of stuff for people to leave reviews for brick and mortar anything is a lot more challenging than, like you said, getting that feedback as far as pricing, quality, reviews from others, all of these different things that just speed up that whole marketing and decision yeah. process as far as what you're going to be manufacturing. Melissa, you raise a good point. So because what it is, when, if you go to, for example, Google Business, okay, you're rating the business. You're not rating the furniture or that, that piece of item that you just explored or was interested in, but you're not. But which is, might be an interesting new business <laughs> can arrive out of our conversation here of how to uh, drive reviews for brick and mortar stores for their products. But online, you're not just reviewing the seller, you're also reviewing the product. That's something that's missing in the physical world. And that's what makes it more, more challenging to test do your A-B testing and figure out what actually might sell better. Now, again, there's different techniques to go about samples and stuff like that, but it's just much, much longer process. And in our economy, especially in the past three years, the way I remember that, you got to move as fast as you can because anyway, the market will slow you down. So you can't, you, you can't waste your time on those things. Yeah. And it's funny too, because when you think about your, you just said you're reviewing the business, I can leave a horrible review for somebody because the sales rep or the manager treated me poorly. And that just takes away from anything that I may have, I may have loved the furniture, but hated the store. So again, there's just different ways of looking at it, even to try it out and say, you know what, I, maybe we'll start testing this product and do some A-B testing online or do something. So if you, when you, when a manufacturer is starting to think about perhaps bringing a portion of their business to e-commerce, what's a good way to get started? So I will say, first of all, I'll obviously advocate for home roots. Uh, we're a good way to get started because we have quite a, we can put many different eyeballs on a product because of our distribution in the market. So a good way will simply just to work with us and just upload the product. And if there are in the furniture or home decor, they will go on to our platform and start their journey there. But if let's say they're not, then I do recommend going with a certain business to business marketplace per se or any marketplace, it can be even direct to consumer marketplace, and just test it. Test, test, try to put something out there just to see whether you can gain some page views, get some feedback, see whether there's some traction, there's interest. There is a lot of involvement though. There's time, there's, I also want to say that this is mentioning all those points, but those points do require 
investment of time. Someone who's really knowledgeable about the product, who's dedicated in making sure that selling online will be successful or will do everything that they can to make sure that it's successful. Otherwise, it will not work. And that goes to another point. I'm sorry that I'm jumping between different uh, things here. But, but you really need to, if I was a manufacturer, and going back to your question, to get started with selling online, I will pick marketplaces. If you're in the furniture, I will pick the business, our business because that's our specialty. But I will pick a certain marketplace. But just hire someone that knows how to do it, and they have done it well in the past. But you can try to do it on your own, and that's okay. And sometimes you do need to do things on your own. But if you do decide to do it on your own, have a mentor. Have someone to guide you through it so you're not wasting time, uh, sometimes week or month, and also a lot of money on things that just don't make. Just avoid all this. You can speed up the learning curve. So my advice is to find someone who can mentor you or mentor someone that you delegate that task to. And then just try, just play with that. And one last thing is to be passionate, have patience. Right? Clicks don't come in immediately. Right. It, takes, it takes time. You need to test different things. You need to test different keywords. You need to test different, later on, once you do get clicks, you need to test different image areas. You gotta know what's more attractive to the consumer. Every consumer likes things differently. You gotta figure it out. It's just a lot of baby testing and you just gotta be patient. Yeah, yeah, I know. We want things to go viral. And, uh, most things. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they don't. Uh, yeah, most things don't. It's just getting lucky that something does get viral, but in most cases it's not. So don't plan for it. Right. Plan that you're going to upload some type of product and then the whole world, I don't know, some celebrity can tweet about it or upload a, a photo to, to one of the social media and then suddenly the whole world would like to buy it. Don't plan for that. It may happen. But don't count on that. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen manufacturers make? Or maybe there's a horror story that you've experienced on your own when working with a manufacturer. I will say one of the biggest mistakes is to compensate for quality. Right? Manufacturers as well as companies who are working with manufacturers, they find looking for the cheapest price. And sometimes the cheapest price means also the cheapest quality. Not always, but you really got to go deeper into um, how it's been manufactured and what are the math methods of manufacturing the most important, the materials that are used for the manufacturing. All right now, again, if you're new to it, then maybe there's some learning curve, a curve here. And then again, I recommend going to someone who can help you, someone who can mentor you. When you're looking, when you're beating out there for, for different products and working with manufacturers, don't always just look only on the pricing. There's sometimes some other elements to it. And you've got to look at the quality. You've got to look at the materials. You've got to look at who you're working with. And you really need a partner. A manufacturer is more, almost like a partner. You gotta make sure that they are willing to support you. If there's any issues later on down the line with, I don't know, quality of the product, whatever it is, that they will be willing to work with you and won't be that obnoxious and try to nickel and dime you on every small little thing. It's just because they're not a good partner. And I had I had one car story where we were manufacturing in one of the countries. I don't want to bash that specific country, but we were manufacturing in different country in, in, in the previous life of mine, not part of and the packaging did not come proper with the foam and everything. And we had a lot of damages, a lot of damages. 
So we went back to the manufacturer and instructed them that, hey, we showed them the, all the evidence of all the products being cracked and hardly make it, they hardly make it to the consumer in, in, in the proper shape. And they said, okay, not a problem. We'll work with you on the phone. And now, obviously, they increased their manufacturing fee. So now it costs more. And we went through QA. They made like a pony, like a dog and pony show, as if the products were manufactured with the foam, with all the protection. And after the QC have left, they took some of the foam out. And they they checked. But they had to charge for it. And this was just a horrible experience. Not a good partner. Very shady. We're just looking long-term, short-term win. It was obvious that in that condition, we cannot have a third order. And that basically ended the relationship. But this is something to watch out from when dealing with some manufacturers. you got to have some good references, good even some good reviews. And the QC really has to be good as well to make sure those stunts are not being pulled. Right. When the QC has been done. Yeah. Which is good yeah. life lesson for all of us. You definitely <laughs> want to... Uh, partner with somebody, particularly if you are not that great on technology or you don't understand it because manufacturing is what you know and what you do, but also to make sure that you are checking out the references, talking to people who actually done that, take a look at the quality of the materials. And sometimes you do everything right and it still goes wrong. It's business. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cost of doing business. It's learning. Exactly. Uh, it's a learning curve. It is what it is. Uh, but listen, every, every learning curve does, every le- lesson learned in life does, it promotes you to the next level and you learn and you get better and better. And the same thing goes in every field, everything that we do. Yeah. No start to wrap up our time together. If somebody did want to continue the conversation with you what's the best way to get a hold of you i'm mainly on linkedin and obviously they can find me on linkedin and then forward slash gil bar dash love they'll find me they'll find my profile right up there so i welcome everybody to reach out to me another way to get a hold of me is through our website which is www.homeroot.co those are the best two ways Okay. All right. Well, Gil, it has been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you, Lisa, for hosting me. Thank you very much. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Manufacturers Network Podcast. Do me a favor and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow this network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either send your buddies to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the Manufacturers Network podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow the network, the stronger and deeper the community will all have. Thanks again, and I appreciate you.